This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Hey guys, welcome to Sculpted, a design podcast where some of the leading designers around the world come together to unveil design layer by layer. I'm your host Sidan and I'm here to do some deep digging into design thinking with some super cool speakers. Today we have a very very special guest on our show, the Vice President of Design at Geo Savan, Leanne Shelley. She comes with an industry experience spanning over 9 years and has been one of the foremost creative minds in Geo Savan design team. So in today's episode we will be exploring and talking about the music app industry how design has influenced and changed over time in these apps which we use on our daily basis and how it has been instrumental in helping the users navigate and discover the best audio content seamlessly so without any more delay let's begin welcome to sculpted lian it's an absolute pleasure to have you on our podcast hi thank you yeah it's great to be here So just to start with first question of mine I usually you know ask the journey of the speakers so how has been your journey from developing an app which is now one of the top apps in music category It's been it's been a journey that's for sure um I've been at Geo Savan which was Savan when I joined for yep. uh, I think close to 7 years now and when I started it was just a very small team um there right. were two designers at the time that I started uh and one actually moved on soon after I started so it was myself and and who is still now my boss basically covering all the bases of everything design uh and so especially with you know the the product design at least we we had some other graphic designers that were working mm-hmm. on you know more graphic style stuff but um from yeah. there it's just our team has obviously grown a lot as the company has and over time it's it's sort of branched off into these even more secular kind of departments within design and it's been really awesome to be able to be a part of of something that we're proud of and a product a product that we you know we love to use and hopefully we delight other people by using that product so yeah it's been it's been great we we have a great amazing team that we love and um when it comes yep. down to design yep. it's it's it seems like we've gotten really lucky with the people that we've we've brought on and so what was that first department you were working on so when i started like i said it, there was a few other people that were doing more mm-hmm. of the graphic work but as far yeah. as product design there wasn't really anyone and then okay. also things like web design and um marketing like pretty much everything under design that you could think of we were d- doing just with a few people and because of that because the team was so small everybody that sort of joined within that first couple of years kind of could do everything uh, which is yeah. you know not really super common you see a lot a lot of times people are specialized in one thing but with smaller businesses at least startups um It's great to have people that can do a little bit of front end coding but you know our designers right. and it honestly helps in the long run because then when when we do break off into more customized fields we understand what goes on behind the scenes of these different things that we might not be first hand doing anymore but we have done and so we we can kind of come at it from a more empathetic view um so I think that's really helped us in the long run 
Yeah, I mean that's the journey of every designer. I feel, and and uh, would you suggest to our audience, you know, who who is just starting their journey in design industry, is that uh, should they just explore all the fields, whether it's graphic designing or you know website designing, or just focus on one field they like, or should they just explore and then find where their uh, skills are really building on? What's your take on that? That's a great question. I think a lot of people might have different answers, but because of my experience. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's smart to, um, or even realistic to come out of college knowing what you love and only accepting a role that does exactly what you love. Um, oh, that's not yes. a position that you're going to grow from. And it, honestly, doing the things that you don't necessarily love is, is a little bit of a character builder and makes you appreciate when you do get to do specific projects or get to the level where you get to pick what you work on. So I, I would, I would say my suggestion would be when you're first starting out, go into it with an open mind and understand that just because, you know, some opportunity might not be exactly what you're looking for. doesn't mean right. that you can't make it exactly what you're looking for eventually. Yeah. And I feel, you know, uh, all the design verticals work in such an uh, interesting integration that it's always a strength to know about almost everything in design verticals. So yeah. coming coming back to uh, to Geo7, I see in this category of music apps that there has been so many changes. So what was the initial vision of this app and how at, it has changed over time considering so many shifts in the, in this category, you know? Well, before I joined, like from the very start, I, I don't think Savannah was even like only a music app to start, but, but okay. it was ever since I joined. Um, but from there, you know, our leadership, pretty much everybody at the company that's higher up are music enthusiasts or musicians themselves, or just are really, um, you know, inspired by music. And that has always been kind of our North star is delighting people with music. Now, of course, you know, a music app, like you've just mentioned today is a lot more than just music. And it's a lot more than, you know, what iTunes used to be, where you would just find music that, you know, you like and buy it. Um, so the goal for us has always been to remain true to our roots in, in what we love, which is music, but do it in a way that's delightful to the user and maybe new and exciting in ways by using, whether it's using, you know, AI to have specific recommendations or whether it's introducing something like music videos. Um, yep. So staying obviously relevant in, in the tech world and still staying true to what, what our, mission statement is which is you know to to please a user with through music um right yeah that's that's the core of this app so when you mentioned video content uh music videos you guys are also introducing video content so what kind of design changes have you planned you know for this additional content to fit in in this music application yeah so video is kind of its own beast when it comes to Mm -hmm. a music app it's it's very different than anything that we've done, obviously, because it's, it's not just static artwork with audio. It's, you know, you have a new level of dimension kind of, um, there was a lot of planning and thinking involved in making that work in a way that felt natural. Um, so 
a, a little while ago, we introduced vertical videos with the we're calling shorties with music, which is basically moving artwork. So that was kind of our mm-hmm. introduction into video. Um, they have no audio that go with them other than the audio of the music. So there's not, um, they're not really videos in the sense of like a music video, but they are moving artwork. So that was kind of our introduction into thinking through these things. Well, how can we make the player look with, with this moving artwork, um, sort of differentiate certain music from other. And then from there, we started thinking about longer, long form videos, like music videos, um, maybe eventually live videos or concert videos, whatever, whatever it might end up being. And that is a little different as well, because before the the player is kind of, you know, when I say the player, I mean yep. the thing that you open with that's showing what you're listening to at the moment. Yes. Yep. So that's always been kind of a static screen that it, you just scroll through. Right. right. But with the introduction yep. of video, we need to make sure that people can see the video. So we can't have all these things on top of it. And, um, you know, you want to be able to see it in your full screen. So you want to be able to turn your phone to see the video. So that was kind of a really cool, fun project. And just figuring out how to make landscape videos work within our setup. We, we didn't want to completely change the app because realistically, not everybody's going to want to watch videos. And even the people that do, we want it to still be familiar enough that they know how to use the app. We don't want to have a completely different user experience just because we're adding this new feature, right? So it was kind of a challenge in its own right to figure out how to make videos work within the player that we built, um, make it still feel like GeoSavin. Obviously, we did update it quite a bit, but it still feels like our product and the the UX remains pretty similar and we hope, you know, simple to understand and use. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's kind of where we where we came from and what we tried to achieve. So when you said this uh, music player, it will be just like one common player uh, where if you are just watching a video, you can even turn off your screen and then continue listening to it. That's what I think makes what we ended up doing kind of brilliant in its own way is that it is a seamless, one single seamless player that you can do both. Like you can have a queue of five songs and five songs with shorties and five songs with full videos and mm-hmm. it'll work seamlessly. So say you're listening to just an audio track and the next song that comes on and is a video, the player, when you look at it, it's kind of hard to talk about this without visuals, but <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, try, I'll try my best. The player, when you look at it, it looks, looks the same as, you know, a shorty might other, other than the fact that the actual video is playing in the background instead of a shorty. Mm-hmm. But then if you turn your phone landscape, the, all of the, without even touching anything, all of the overlays go away and you're viewing a video full screen. So it's, it's really seem. And if you want, you can, you know, turn the phone portrait, you know, put it in sleep mode and just listen to the music video too. And it'll, it'll work that way as well. But generally speaking, because of that, that, I mean, obviously it doesn't make much sense to play a music video and not watch it. Right. (laughs) Usually if people are going to be playing music videos, they're going to be wanting to watch it. There's not, there's not like playlists that just have videos thrown into them. If, if a person is looking for a video, they pretty much have to explicitly play it or add it to their queue. So they, they know what they're getting. So yeah, we, we kind of thought that it's much more cool and fun to have one seamless thing than popping up different user experiences for a video player versus 
an audio player or like having some toggle to turn on and off video just seems a lot more complicated than it needed to be. Um, which actually figuring it out is a lot harder than just throwing in a a separate player for it. But you know, that's kind of, that's kind of the beauty of good design is it it seems simpler in the end. Um, um, no matter how hard it was to, to accomplish. That's so well said that the best design is that you, you can't really, you know, have to explain or have to go through it. It's really seamless. And I feel it's unfair uh, that, you know, uh, best design apps or website, uh, they they feel really effortless from the user point of view, but that's there's a lot of uh, research and back and forth gone through. The whole set of processes is very heavy, you know, for developing that effortless and seamless uh, application. So yeah. just wanted to understand like what, what's your uh, team's process while developing such a seamless uh, integration or an app? Yeah. And that's a great point also is that a lot of people, well, anybody who's not a designer, I, I think doesn't really comprehend, maybe not comprehend is not the right word. I don't want to seem like I'm being, you know, <laughs> or anything, but, um, you know, yes. everybody has eyes, everybody right. can see. So right. you think whether or not you're a designer, you think, you know, whether something looks better than something else, or you, you, you do know, you can see something. So, you know, Oh, this looks good. And this doesn't, right. but you don't necessarily understand why something works and why something doesn't. And that's why I think it's kind of, you know, design 101 to really not get attached to a design because mm-hmm. somebody who might be, you know, your boss's boss might not like something and they don't really think about the fact that every single pixel has been thought about on the screen, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, As a designer. So that's just something that you have to kind of get through and, and understand that it's not always going to work and you have to be okay with, you know, okay, well this was pixel perfect, but you know what? I can do something else that, solves this problem, this new problem that somebody else is having with it. That is also pixel perfect. Um, but to answer your question, sorry, that was a little bit of a tangent, but to answer your question about our process in, in a big project like that, we, we have, you know, a pretty small team, I would say for, for the company and what we are of product designers that, um, we, you know, ideate with the project managers and mm-hmm. Eng and we and the engineering team. Um, so we, the three of those teams kind of work together on any of these big projects like this. In this case with the player, um, the video player, it was kind of a shot in the dark from like before we even knew that we wanted to do it. We had this exercise that we were asked to just sort of come up with some blue sky ideas. Like the, the app was getting stale. Let's see what we can think of that might uh-huh. freshen things up. And and that's kind of where this idea came from, but then getting it oh, to work, okay. obviously getting it to work is obviously relies on a lot of different groups of people and a lot of expertise from all different areas to make things actually come to life. Right. Right. So the point you mentioned where you said almost all the users uh, have a sense of aesthetics, right? But I feel design is not just what you see. It's not just the aesthetics which you are seeing of an app or a website or any design you have made. So from your perspective, I just wanted to understand that how how much percentage you would give for developing an app, which is like 30% 
a designer should focus on aesthetics and rest 70% should be, you know, how the UX is or how the seamless integration is. What's, what's yeah. your issue? For designers, right? Making something beautiful is the easy part. That, that's easy, <laughs> right? We, that's why we became designers, but that's not what makes you a good designer. You know, right. if you can make something beautiful, then maybe, yeah, you should look into becoming a designer, but that, that's not what makes you a great designer. What makes you a great designer is thinking about all of the other things that make this beautiful thing work seamlessly. Right. And that's honestly much more important than the beauty. Um, I think especially because that part is kind of easy for the designer uh-huh. to understand and really think about how is this design going to work in the hands of the user? How, you know, is it going to be, is it going to make them happy? Is it going to make them frustrated? Is it going right. to work with these other features that might come in the future? Is it going, you know what I mean? It does it have legs. Is it, is there room for it to expand? Yep. Um, so there's a lot of other things to think about um, that honestly mean much more than, than the way that Just it ends aesthetics. up looking. Yeah. That's so true. You know, simplifying so many things, uh, like so complex things and still making the product look beautiful is the toughest part, I feel. Yeah. And obviously it's important that it looks beautiful as well, but, and you know, you want to stay up with design trends and not have some like gaudy crowded UI. That's kind of, again, designer 101 though. And that's like, Mm -hmm. that's like the very last thing to think about. Right. When you mention design trends, do you feel that design industry is really dynamic as such? So for example, now uh, you would be upgrading your UI every year or every two years. Is, is, is it that volatile and dynamic to change the look of the, of the app? Yeah. So I think there's small, like some trends like, you know, going from gradients to flat and now it seems like we're going back towards gradients again. And, um, at one point, like material design had a lot of shadows and looks like we're kind of going away from that again. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is small changes like that over time, which is just like, you know, an adjustment to the style guide that changes throughout the app. That's how it should be. At least, you know, anytime you have a shadow, it should always look similar. Um, things like that change basically as we go, like as we add features, we'll notice, oh, this looks a little outdated, this shadow. So let's, right. let's tweak it. And then obviously everything, all the other shadows will be tweaked too. But what we shoot for is to have a design that is as timeless as it can be, um, which is kind of hard to do in, in <laughs> right. the tech field because things change so quickly. But really thinking about that at the time of creating anything that this isn't going to get dated, like especially some big feature or user moment um, isn't going to be dated in the next two years, at least, you know, so we try and, yeah. and kind of the way to go about that, in my opinion, is just, just keep things simple. Don't do anything too crazy on like the user experience front. Don't try and add some new gestures for a specific feature that, Mm-hmm. may or may not catch on. And then even if they do catch on, they probably won't be around for long. Um, so that's kind of been our tactic is to keep things simple, keep things clean, keep things minimal, but add those little touches that make GeoSavin, GeoSavin and, and keep oh. it on trend and keep it on brand. Relevant. Yeah. Yeah. So do you also believe that simplicity 
is the way forward to make a timeless design? Yeah, I think that's the most foolproof way to do it. And again, it's kind of hard to make any tech product timeless, yeah. flaw, like you know timeless. But yeah. as best as we can, we we've kind of come come to the conclusion that simplicity is key in in keeping things as timeless as possible. And honestly, it's just kind of a safeguard for making sure that the UX is easy to understand as well. Right. Coming back to the integration of video content, for any uh, music application, usually the user behavior is putting on a playlist in their music app and then locking the phone and keeping in their pockets or maybe on the table. So how do you guys plan to shift the behavior while you introduce video content where you would need the audience to uh, be on the app, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. That's something that we talked a lot about. And I mentioned, I briefly mentioned it earlier that when it comes to video, we're not just throwing a video into an audio playlist and having a surprise to the user that this is actually a video because chances are they're not going to be looking at their phone when it comes on. Right. Um, so you have to exclusive, exclusively choose to play a video. Um, and what I mean by that is we're adding, Mm -hmm. we've added a video tab to the product. Um, and so that tab is exclusively videos, music videos, shorties, whatever videos that we have would be in that tab. Now they'll also be on your homepage if those are your recommendations based on, you know, whatever you've listened to. But to start, if you haven't shown that you have any interest in music videos or any type of videos, they will probably most, most of the time be in that video tab. So when you go to the video tab, there is, um, you know, options, same modules, mm-hmm. same, same way we, we display audio, but there are videos. And if you explicitly play them, the player automatically opens as opposed to when you play music, it doesn't open. Right. It just starts playing the music. Um, so it'll automatically open and so that um, you'll immediately yeah. see the video when you tap it. That's a very subtle integration and, uh, you know, directing users to, wow, that's, that's really great. Yeah, we think it, it works. And we've also... I mentioned, you know, some people might not have shown that they're interested in videos, but it might just be because they haven't found the video tab for whatever reason. They didn't see the onboarding for it um, or just haven't really poked around. So we have some other subtle um, like CTAs within the music player. If there is a a video available for some song that they're listening to, we give them a peek of it and ask them if they want to watch the video. Um, So small things like that that aren't necessarily disruptive to their listening, but if they're Mm -hmm. looking for it, they should be able to find it. Got it. Yeah, that's really great to have such CTAs, you know that. Uh, So coming to this point, do you feel that localization is a key factor while designing. And when I mean localization is because uh, uh, when I see geo music, that was very Indianized, right? And uh, while integrating geo music and Savan, uh, did you guys also consider how localization will play a key role? Yeah, so the integration with, with geo was really a sensitive topic and something we had to approach with with caution because geo geo music anybody who had a geo network device Mm -hmm. automatically got geo music for free right and now um we are basically telling them that they need to switch to geo sovereign geo music is now obsolete 
um, geosavinists where they can listen to their music. And we wanted to make sure that that process didn't feel like a negative. We wanted to make it a positive thing because obviously in our opinion, I think in everybody's opinion, Geosavin is the better product. Um, that is the better music product. And that is what will kind of in general, um, be a better experience for the user. So we wanted to make sure that making, you know, quote unquote, making them switch to Geosavin didn't feel like a bad thing or, um, something that they didn't want to do. We knew people were going to be upset by it because they were getting a free service that, um, they're no longer being offered, which is understandable. But, you know, it also put us in a situation that is kind of tricky because, we, again, we do think that we had a, the better product, a really great product that people would love once they, they started actually using it. So with that, you you mentioned that you saw a pop-up yeah. kind of describing that recently. Um, most people that use the app would have seen that, you know, a year ago to yeah. almost two years ago when the integration yeah. happened. And basically we had to figure out a way to, you know, gently nudge people into the right direction, um, over time. And at first it was, you know, we were asking them to do it within the next, however many days. Um, if people still didn't do it, we eventually had to say, you know, you have to do it now. There is no more geo music. Um, and with that sort of shift, we took on a new branding. We took on, uh, new, some new marketing, um, because mm-hmm. we are part of geo now. We want people to understand that this is still the same network that they've been on. It's just kind of an upgrade. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if I've really answered your question, but <laughs> that, yeah, no, that integration yeah. was, yeah, it was definitely yes. a tricky one and mm-hmm. we're still kind of, I think getting through it, but, um, it's been, I think beneficial to everyone in the end. Yep. Yeah. I had this question for you, uh, which is more uh, content related. I feel many, you know, apps and platforms are, you know, exploring different kinds of content. For example, your music app, you know, having video content also. So does it really dilute the app's origin or category? Because then do you feel that user will get confused? Like, should I download this for video or audio or like what? what's your, you know, process while, you know, uh, figuring things like how, how this integration can be really successful. Yeah. Yeah. I think it absolutely can. If you're not careful and if you don't do it the right way, it can absolutely confuse your kind of business model and your, um, branding in general. And I think that's something that we've tried really hard to make sure that our product stays true to what it was and has always been, which is a music app. Um, mm-hmm. the only music or the only videos that were, that we're adding to this app yeah. are, you know, based on music, they music are for videos. music lovers, uh, not necessarily music videos, but they, mm-hmm. you know, they, they need to have some connection to music. Um, so, and again, it's, it's got its own kind of centralized place in on the app so that if that's not something that you're interested in, it's not going to like be annoying for you to, to get around it. Um, so that, that's a really tricky thing that we, we, you know, really wanted to be careful about not losing integrity of, of the app by adding this amazing feature. Um, we want people to discover it and, and find it useful and fun and delightful, not annoying and, you know, irrelevant to what the app should be. Oh, when you said that, 
if you are not really interested in video content will you be having some settings you know where you can uh, disable the video tab or something like that not the tab yet at least um mm-hmm. since it's so new we we really want to just get yeah. some data on the numbers and, and see how people are liking it of course though that's something i mean we're data-driven company anything that we do or don't do is based on what people seem to like or don't like so we'll absolutely look at those numbers and, and follow their lead in that sense um and if that seems like you know, the best step forward to, to have some option to just hide video altogether for some users, then that's something yeah. that we'll obviously talk about. But at this moment in time, we haven't created anything like that yet. Okay. So if you can just give us some insight or some, you know, peek um, in if you have any, you know, projects coming up or any special features uh, coming to uh, Geo7. Yeah, I, I mean, right yeah. right now our focus is video. Um, we've launched it, but we don't have a ton of, as you'll, I'm sure, see as much content as we would like to. So that's um, a lot of time and effort is going into, I know, getting a lot more solid video content, you know, as, as great of an experience as it can be. Mm-hmm. Generally, when we are kind of theory in launching these new features is trying to get it out there, start small and build on them. So anytime we have like a big new feature like this, that's kind of our goal goalpost for the next, however many, you know, months is, is making it better and making it more relevant. And like I said, listening to the data and changing things that need to be changed. So at the moment, there's nothing that I can really talk about in that sense of like new features. Um, Mm -hmm. There are some obviously, but uh, nothing as notable as, as, this video launch has been. Got it. Got it. So, uh, we come to our last segment where we ask our uh, guests to share some tips for our budding UI UX designers or graphic designers. So do you have any key message or tip, you know, for our audience? Yeah. For designers specifically, I think it's just really important. And I touched on this before to, to not get too attached to any particular design and, um, don't take it personally if, if it doesn't end up working. Um, use the tools and the people that you have around you because I know a lot of times we are surrounded by incredibly smart people that may not have the best design sense, but their expertise can really help you get to the best design. So, you know, listening to people um, and not you know, taking offense, uh, to feedback basically is, is really the most important part of being like a happy designer. I think it's really easy to get into this funk where you feel like nobody appreciates what you're doing. And, um, you know, you, you get into like, I've worked for agencies and you just feel like every change that the client makes is weakening your design <laughs> little by little. I can do the resonate. Yeah, which can no. be really tough. It can be really tough. But especially in those cases, you know, you got to realize that there's a reason for everything. This, these, these people, in, you know, at agencies, especially these clients, yeah. the, the company is their baby. So they're only asking for these changes because they want the best for, for their company as well. Um, and instead of sort of getting deflated and feeling defeated by that, 
think it's important just to have a positive outlook on the whole thing and, and understand that everybody's on the same team in the end, uh, in most cases, and wants the best for, for whatever company it is that you're doing something for. So that's kind of my two cents as, <laughs> as yeah, I mean, happiness as a designer. That's a really important message you have shared because I, I personally have really faced this, uh, this issue of getting uh, attached to my designs. And while working in an agency, uh, clients keep giving feedback and then your end design is like totally different. Yeah. And, and at times you feel like it's a lot worse than it was when you first showed it to them, right? Yeah. But that gets me in this dilemma where, you know, you are the expert, right? In design. And um, how do you preserve your design if you know that this design has potential? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, a yeah. lot of it, a lot of it comes down to communication too. You can't be afraid to respectfully um, kind of speak your piece and walk, you know, any design that you just show somebody, hand it to them and say, look what I made. <laughs> they're going to have changes to, you know, you of have course. to, you have to know how to walk them through your thinking and, and why you made each decision. And usually I found that that really helps with, with their feedback as well. They might be a little more willing to compromise, um, on maybe your visuals and their thinking or, or whatever it might be, but knowing how to, you know, walk through your designs is a really important skill to have. Um, and I think, makes everybody in, you know, in the process feel better about, about the design at the end of the day. That's hundred percent true. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Leanne. Thank you so much, you know, for sharing your knowledge, your insights, and this, this, this episode's going to really help all our listeners to, you know, apply this knowledge and keep designing better designs and having, uh, explore that imagination. So thank you so much. Leanne, Absolutely. For- thank you. Yeah. I had fun. Thanks a lot. And that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have liked today's discussion, do comment your thoughts and rate us on Apple Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to Sculpted, the design podcast on EPLog website or wherever you get your podcasts from so that you get notified about our upcoming episodes. I shall catch up with you on our next episode. Until then, take care and keep designing.